Boxing journalist Dan Attias talks about every twist and turn we've had to endure in the build-up to the fight between Jeff Horn, the Horn camp, and Terence Crawford and Crawford's insufferable entourage. Let's get ready to rumble. It's time for your daily dose of Sporting Agenda, your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage, The Splash, with your host, Phil Pryor. The undefeated Jeff Horn defends his world boxing organisation, the WBO welterweight title against undefeated Yank Terence Crawford at the MGM Grand Casino this Sunday Aussie time. It's in Vegas, a place that's ruined many of us, (laughs) whether it's boxing, gambling, or in my case, trying to sell a used car hungover. Uh, Jeff Fennick was screwed over in a uh, fight over in Vegas as well. There's a story about that on the website, Fox Sports website, that is. It was written by boxing journo Dan Attias, and he is today's guest on today's Splash to talk all about the Horn-Crawford fight uh, and all the narratives and and subplots that have created one hell of a build-up. So, let's get into it. Joining me on the Splash today is boxing journalist Dan Attias. Welcome back to the Splash, Dan. Thanks for having me, Phil. Yeah, I'm trying to remember uh, which fight we were talking about the last time you were on. uh, And uh, my memory mistakes me, I believe. Um, It was a while ago. Maybe, maybe, or maybe the Pacquiao fight? It could have been. Uh, I think it may have been maybe the, the Horn Corcoran fight, so the last Horn fight. Okay, there we go. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, hasn't there been plenty to talk about since then? <laughs> yeah, there has. Um, obviously, you know, a, this is a huge fight for Jeff Horn. Um, and, you know, Aussie media and, and US media are, are jumping all over it. Yeah, I mean, it's just been... Interest has been sky high heading into this one, and I, I can't remember a fight particularly with an Aussie involved that's had quite the the build-up and all the twists and turns and subplots that this fight uh, has had, Dan, and and we'll get into all of that. But I do want to start with a a bit of a hot one, something that's really grinded my gears uh, over the last couple of months, um, which I think is just, it's been an embarrassment a little bit for the for the sport. Don't get me wrong, I'm 100% looking forward to this fight on Sunday, but how can we be going into it, you know, a fight of this magnitude with this much on the line, all this anticipation, but not 100% know whether or not Terence Crawford's gloves are going to contain horsehair or foam. It just seems farcical to me. It's not the first time it's happened in boxing. Um, You know, dramas over gloves is something that's happened to quite a few you know, high-profile fights over the last few years. Um, the horsehair gloves are used in Everlast gloves. There's a couple of other brands that do use the horsehair gloves as well, and, and generally they're used and they're, being, they're called a puncher's glove. So, you know, you're, you're more likely to score a knockout with that glove rather than something that's, you know, foam padded. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's certainly nothing new in the in the world of boxing. Um, 
But I do agree to a certain extent that it's certainly something that needs to be to be sorted out. You know, they, they need to decide whether they're using it or not, and and at least needs to be a level playing field so that you know if, if Crawford wants to use it, then obviously Horn has you know want, has the opportunity to use it as well. Well, exactly, and and um and if they agree a, a couple of months out that, that they're going to use a certain type of glove, then at least Horn can train with that glove. But to not know one hundred percent for sure and to take this Crawford camp on their word, that seems ridiculous. It's like, uh, you, you know, the the day of the State of Origin game and Queensland turning around and saying to the Blues, oh, actually, uh, we're going to use a Sharon tonight. Um, so, so good luck. You know, that it just, I just can't fathom that, um, that the administration hasn't actually um, kind of outlawed this or, or put a policy in place that um, at least something is agreed upon well in adva- advanced, um, you know, considering there's a, there's a weight difference between these two gloves as well. And as you say it, the horsehair glove is more of a puncher's glove. So someone like a, um, I suppose, a, a Floyd Mayweather never would have agreed to that because he kind of outcrafts opponents. And, and in this case, um, Crawford might be looking to do the same, where, uh, whereas someone that, that is a puncher's chance would obviously go into a fight using a glove that uh, that has a, an increased probability of knocking out their opponent with one punch. Yeah, look, it's funny that you mentioned Floyd Mayweather too because Floyd was one of the guys that had an issue with, with Everlast horsehair gloves a few years ago against um, Marcus Maidana. So it's uh, it's nothing new. Unfortunately, boxing doesn't have a you know one governing or regulating body. Uh, so I guess, unfortunately, that's why you see this kind of thing happen. Yeah, okay. Uh, hopefully it's something that does get, you know, sorted out and hopefully they're on a, you know, level, level playing field. Yeah, indeed. Um, and, and how, how, uh, big this fight is going to be on Sunday. Of course, I'm speaking of Glenn Rushton v. Brian McIntyre, uh, <laughs> which should really be the, the main event here. It's <laughs> these two trainers of their respective camps. Uh, aren't they a couple of outgoing characters that have created uh, plenty of uh, of media fodder in the build-up to this one? Yeah, they are. I don't really recall any fights recently where the trainers have been so vocal and, and so vocal against each other. Um, you know, Glenn Rushton's a bit of an a bit of an enigma. Uh, he's a strange kind of guy with his you know background and everything. And his sneaky um, mansion up there in uh, yeah. Yeah. On the Sunshine Coast? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's short of a quid. So, but um, and then you got Crawford's trainer, who's um, you know, was a heavyweight fighter himself. He um, once lost a fight to uh, to Butterbean. So yeah, there's a lot of storylines in in the background of this fight. Yeah, and, and apparently the Crawford camp has been playing a bit of cat and mouse around the MGM Grand this week. I think uh, the Horn camp landed about a week ago, Wednesday last week, and, and there have been a couple of uh, near-confrontational moments between the the two camps where some of the the Horn guys are having a coffee down in the in the lobby and then Brian McIntyre walks in with Crawford and then they walk straight back out again. They don't want any kind of uh, words or, or exchanges in the build-up. It, it seems pretty uh, interesting over there. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean... Whether or not this is all a, you know, a marketing ploy to to sell the fight, or whether there's a genuine hatred there, it's it's very hard to say. Um, either either camp would be 
crazy to you know start any drama before the fight. There's too much to lose. But um, yeah, very interesting. I think you're giving the Crawford camp a little too much credit if you think it's a a marketing ploy, given that uh, they've put a full media ban on Terence Crawford for the whole of the Australian media in the build-up to this fight, which seems ridiculous if they're trying to sell pay-per-views. Oh, it does. Um, Crawford's um, a prickly kind of character, even with <laughs> American media. He's, he's a guy that... Um, you know, whilst he's a, a great fighter and, and um, you know, one of the most skilled and fighters in the world today, um, he's certainly not the kind of guy that likes to sell a fight and he certainly doesn't seem to be the kind of guy who likes to talk to media a lot. Yeah, for sure. And I think Mayweather coming out uh, in support of Crawford probably tells you about enough uh, you need to know about Crawford. But can you tell us a little bit about the fighter, the uh, the boxer that is Terence Crawford and what's got him to uh, 32 wins and zero losses in, ac- across his professional boxing career? Yeah, well, look, look he's, he's crafty, he's slick. Um, you know, he's got all the tricks in the book. Um, he's a smaller guy compared to Horn. You know, he started off at, at lightweight um, and then, you know, went up to... Uh, junior welterweight or, or super lightweight and, and unified the division there. So, you know, he's proven himself to be, you know, one of one of the best fighters pound for pound in the world. Um, I guess the big question is how he handles, you know, another weight jump up to welterweight. And obviously Horn's a, a big welterweight. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So Horn will go in with a, a bit of a weight advantage. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd be very surprised if not. Yeah, okay. So um, how will that impact the fight? There's the obvious answer, I suppose, but um, does that give Horn a, a, an increased chance of, of knocking out Crawford? It's it's hard to say. Um, I, I believe that it gives Horn um, a better chance of, um, you know, producing the game plan that I think he will produce, which is, you know, to basically make it a brawl, rough up Crawford, get on the inside, mm. um, you know, do things that people might call borderline dirty. Um, you know, <laughs> after all, it is a fight, and, and Horn isn't the better boxer between the two. Yeah. Crawford, you know, has more skills. But, um, you know, Jeff Horn has that self-belief, and, and I, you know, I really think that he can get in there, and if he can get through the first few rounds and really set the tone and, and make it his fight, then, um, yeah, he's, he's a chance of winning. Yeah, he'll certainly need that self-belief, I suppose, because he won't be getting any uh, confidence through what the Americans will be saying about him, who are still filthy over the, the Pacquiao result, result I, I suppose, over there. Um, uh, I, I think that... So the, I read earlier the judges for this fight. There's three. There's one from Nevada, one from here down under, and an, an Italian judge as well. So I suppose whilst the build-up to this fight might be uh, questionable in the treatment by fight promoter Bob Aram, at least we know we're going to get um, a level playing field in terms of the judging of it. That's the hope. Um, you know, boxing and judging, there's, there's been controversy for, for a long, long time. Um, you know, when they get it right, it's great. When they don't, it's it's obviously horrible. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I spoke to Jeff Fennick, um a couple of days ago. Uh, obviously, he's a fighter who was robbed in Vegas in probably his biggest fight, and, and it was a fight that anybody who saw it, you know, knows that Jeff Fennick won. 
And, um, you know, he, he's a little concerned about the judging, despite the fact that there's an Aussie and, and only one American. Yeah. Uh, and, and I guess his viewpoint, which is, you know, in, in my article on Fox Sports, is um, basically that Crawford is, is Aram's guy. And, you know, Aram has a lot of sway. So, you know, those judges know who's paying their wages and who's, you know, who's flying them out to Vegas for the fight. So, yeah, yeah that that's his thoughts. Um, hopefully we don't get any judging you know, dramas, but I guess we'll see on the on the day. Yeah, that's been a really concerning storyline in the in the build up to this is the the treatment um, uh, towards the Horn camp uh, by fight promoter Bob Arum. Um, this will be Horn's third and final fight uh, on a deal that uh, with Arum, I believe. Uh, whereas Crawford's uh, it's in it's in the Arum uh, and Crawford's best interests to go to 33 and no moving forward because of future fights as part of a contract there. But obviously Crawford is the challenger here, um, but not not if you're in Vegas, not if you're in America because Horn's the one being kind of, uh, I suppose, billed as the challenger. And over there, the, the fight reads Crawford v. Horn, whereas in actual fact, it's supposed to be Horn v. Crawford. It's It's quite astonishing, really. Yeah, there's been a little bit of disrespect, and and I think as you said earlier, a lot of that stems from the the decision over Pacquiao. Um, you know, I was at the Horn Pacquiao fight. I, I thought, you know, at the time that it was very close, uh, I thought maybe Pacquiao might have just done enough. You know, and upon rewatching it, it's, it's one of those fights where a lot of rounds could have gone either way. Mm. I think the whole narrative from the U.S. media that you know Pacquiao was robbed is is a little bit a little bit rough on Horn, I suppose, and, yeah. and I guess he's paying for it now. Um, you know, the whole, nobody's giving him a shot over there. So, but again, you know, he, he likes the underdog status. So, you know, maybe this, this disrespect that he's been shown over there is, is an extra motivating factor for him. Yeah, yeah. And Horn's come out today, um, well, the, at least the Horn camp, it's been written about that, uh, that Horn intends to come out very hard. Um, and there's a little bit been said about uh, trainer uh, Glenn Rushton's 12-point plan, which is basically, I suppose, a, a close combat style, as you said earlier as well, where um, essentially Horn will be trying to negate Crawford's long bombs. Um, can you sort of elaborate on on uh, how Horn will try and uh, win this fight? Yeah, well, I mean, Horn's not really a conventional boxer, um, so that's pro- probably something that's an advantage for him against a guy like Crawford, who's very textbook. Um, but I, I think Rushton's kind of plan w- will be for Horn to, I guess, upset the rhythm of Crawford. Uh, you don't want to let a, a guy who's slick like Crawford get into a rhythm, um, you know, and, and really be able to dictate the pace of the fight. Mm. So I think that plan will be for Horn to, as I said earlier, get on the inside, you know, be evasive coming in, a lot of head movement. But, you know, once he's on the inside to really work hard and throw as many punches as he can. Yeah, and it sounds like he'll um, he'll be in pretty good uh, nick. Uh, he's done 40 rounds of sparring with American Ray Robinson in the build-up to this fight. Uh, Robinson, a guy that I believe gave Crawford a bit of trouble back at the amateur level. Um, can you tell us much about... How much of a, an, an impact this uh, this sparring session will have? Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, Robinson actually beat Crawford in the amateurs. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, though, the amateurs and the, and the professional game are quite different. But um, 
having somebody who you know knows a bit about Crawford in, in camp would have been you know a huge advantage for Horn. Um, and he's the kind of guy that you know he just works hard. He's he's not going to come into a fight like this underdone. Yeah. You know he'll be super fit. Uh, I know he would have got plenty of, of good rounds of sparring in, and um, you know as as you spoke about earlier, they, they would have worked on a game plan to to negate a lot of Crawford's um, skills. Crawford's it sounds like uh, so Crawford's a kind of fighter that can kind of chop and change between an orthodox stance and a southpaw stance. Horn uh, has been quoted as saying he can flip it around as well. Is that legitimate or is that just more? Uh, speak uh, as opposed to Crawford's. Uh, what, it sounds as though he can genuinely box either way. Uh, Crawford can. I've seen in a lot of fights here he can fight southpaw or, or orthodox. He's got no problems either way. Um, I've seen Horn do it in fights too. I wouldn't say it's as convincing as Crawford. Um, but, you know, I, I guess it really depends on, on what, what happens on the day. Um, you know, I, I'd assume that both guys have probably done a bit of sparring with, with both right and left-handed fighters. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's very interesting, but I, I do think Crawford's definitely a better guy as far as a switch hit is concerned. Yeah, okay. And uh, and one more little narrative heading into this one was the fact that when Horn arrived in Vegas, he was put into a training facility that didn't contain air conditioning. How does this happen? How, how can... How, how does the, the, um, the Horn organisers allow something like this to occur? It's, it's, I mean, I, without knowing the ins and outs of, of the exact story, obviously I know about it. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming it's miscommunication, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to learn that there's a, it's a little trick from, from Aram or, you know, Crawford's team. Oh, of course um, it is. Surely it is. And, and you know, it's, it's, it, was, it was a bit, you know, a lot of American media have jumped on it and, you know, said that Horn's whinging and, and you know. Yeah, of course. And kind of had a dig there. But, um, you know, in the end, it's there's a lot of mind games that go into you know, into a fight. So everyone's trying to rattle everybody. Um, I don't think, whilst there was a big story that Horn and his team were upset about it, I'm sure Horn himself, you know, just basically wanted to get on with it. Yeah, yeah, probably <laughs> la- laughed it off. Maybe even a little bit of frustration because he he, uh, he just wants to train hard, I suppose. But uh, uh, Dan, what do you reckon is going to happen out there? If, if, you, if you have to give us a tip, uh, how do you see this fight panning out? <clears throat> I hate to say it. <laughs> I'd really like to see Jeff Horn win the fight, but unfortunately I don't see him winning. I think Crawford gets a decision. I think early on Horn's going to look good. Uh, you know, as I said, he's going to really take it to Crawford. But um, from what I've seen of Terence Crawford and the skills that he's displayed in the past, I think he'll figure out Horn, you know, and, and probably after three or four rounds, you'll start to see Crawford get on top. If someone asks you the question, who is the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world, is your answer Terence Crawford? Because that seems to be a common answer. I think he was up until maybe two or three months ago. Uh, but Lomachenko is a fighter that I think's overtaken him as the number one pound for pound in the world. But uh, I'd definitely put Crawford at number two. Yeah, okay. Uh, one final one, Dan. How important is this fight for Jeff Horn uh, in terms of his <clears throat> professional boxing career going forward and, and obviously the options that a win would uh, present to him? I think it's huge. Um, but in saying that, I don't think he has to win the fight for him to have a lot of future options. Uh, even a good showing in a loss would certainly mean a lot of good fights in America in the future for him. Yeah. 
Um, the worst case scenario is if Fulham goes in there and gets knocked down the first two or three rounds. Yeah, that that kind of result would would be pretty devastating for his career, and he did really need to work himself back up into contention. But um, you know, if he goes the distance and it's a close fight and Crawford gets a decision, then then I don't think that's going to hurt his his future prospects too much. Yeah. Okay. Interesting stuff. Uh, any more uh, content for the Fox Sports website uh, planned this week, Dan? Uh, no, just the Fennec piece for this week. Yeah, yeah, uh, nice. And, of course, we we can all follow you on Twitter. You'll be uh, following the, the fight closely on uh, on Sunday. How do we uh, find you on Twitter, mate? Uh, it's uh, Dan underscore Atius. And, um, yeah, definitely be, be following the fight on Sunday and uh, pretty excited for it. Indeed, yeah. I think we all, we're all very much looking forward to it uh, with our fingers and toes crossed for... For the Hornet himself. Um, and uh, Dan, I th- thank you very much for, for joining today's edition of The Splash. No problems, Phil. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, I honestly can't remember a fight uh, with this many twists and turns in the build-up to it. Well, maybe McGregor and <laughs> Mayweather, but uh, I suppose uh, surprising twists and turns is, is a better way of saying it with uh, the judge... Uh, the, the trainers and the promoters and everything else that's gone on. Uh, it's been an absolute circus, uh, and we look forward to the fight, which, of course, will be on main event, on pay-per-view, this Sunday, the same day as UFC 225, featuring Rob Whittaker as well. Make sure you head to the Fox Sports website for all the exact timing details and how you stay uh, up-to-date about all of the action that takes place on Sunday over in the combat world in the States. Uh, continue the conversation with myself on Twitter at Phil underscore Pryor. Uh, I'll be trying to watch the fight Sunday too. Feel free to hit me up with any random questions uh, that you might have. And until next time, that's a wrap.